All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Innovation Crush. I'm your gracious host, uh, Chris Denson. And uh, just in case you were wondering, this show examines, is that a real word? Sean, do you think that's... Well, you could innovate it. Uh, Yeah, I I just... Thank you. I coined terms on this show. Examining. On this show, we examine really cool ideas and people in the marketplace and, um, and just really how... Awesome happens. Yeah. Right. Uh, so sitting across from me is a gentleman by the name of Kyle Cease. Uh, did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you good. said across. Perfectly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Sorry yeah. About that day. Um, so you tell me a little bit about who you are. Like, I, you know, I'm a huge comedy fan. I've seen your work. Um, awesome. You have a new line or not even a new line, but just kind of a, a different direction on, on what you've been doing. So yeah. um, just kind of walk us through who, who you are. Who's KC? Well, that's awesome. Well, I, I've started being, you know, I started out as a little kid, which is where I think... I think we all started off as little kids. Well, doing comedy, I was on oh, okay. stage yes. as a little kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what was weird is, you know, when you're a kid, because this show's so cool because it's about innovation, I, and you're a kid, all you are is innovation. You know, everything right. coming out of your mind is an idea. And I believe that state, that childhood state is where we're supposed to be living in. Right. You know, that, that people always go, you know, I'd love to, but I got to pay the bills. I'm like, do you know how much money you're losing by staying in a job you don't like? Right. By lowering your vibration, by coming up with lower level thoughts that are just how do I do this and why me and all right. this stuff. How do you get through the day? Really? Right. Because kids are just possibilities. Kids yeah. just go, OK, I'm going to be the president or I'm yeah. going to. So so for me, I started when I was a little kid. I made a deal in second grade. Jim Carrey has a similar story, but this also happened with me. I made a deal with my teacher that I'd be quiet in second grade if she gives me at the end of the week 10 minutes to do whatever I wanted and so at the end of the week I started doing which was funny because my uncle was the prop man for Gallagher oh, and, oh, <laughs> oh that's <laughs> awesome yeah it was funny. well when you're in second grade that's the greatest yeah exactly this guy's got t- giant toys and as a black kid the watermelon part of it would have been <laughs> amazing right yeah that's why yeah. he's got a mainly black following yes yeah, 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 that's true very excited for him to hit that um, <laughs> but uh, you know in second grade I started doing his material for second graders which was funny because I was talking about sex and taxes with a southern accent and <laughs> right. didn't even know that I was doing what I was saying and, and uh, every year I kept doing that and then I would renegotiate with each teacher each year right. and I would I'd, at the end of the week would do five minutes over and over and over again now, where does that come from as a kid right like to go into your teacher and say alright alright I'm going to be quiet but here's what I want Like it was more like me saying like can I do this and right, okay. like, yeah but you got to be good now you know right, what I mean? right, right. so then just we made a deal it was just nice. alright alright I'll be good <laughs> <laughs> I will be quiet through your whole lesson yep. but you have to and um, when I was 12 I started working comedy clubs and then uh, you know, I hadn't developed, you know, I believe that we learn stage fright and those kind of things and, and doubts and all those kind of things yeah. show up later. And I don't believe they're a part of who we are at all. Yeah. And I think that when you're a kid, you just think that you can be anything. You just, you play all day. Yeah. You, you're not ever going, how can I get, you know, more likes on my Facebook wall and how do I get a girl right. like me or anything? Especially if you're a girl kid, yeah. you know, they never ask that. But so when I was 15, I, this was a big deal. I, for three years, was doing clubs. And at 15, this was the question I asked myself is, oh, how do I make more money? And, you know, when I was a kid doing comedy, all the adults thought it was amazing. They're like, right. this kid's just going up. And I'm like, all I'm doing is the same crap I do all day. I'm just now two feet higher. Right. And, you know, but they add so much stories. It must take years to learn this. And this right. kid's this weird. No. Did you have bits at that point in time or were you just yeah. kind of riffing? A lot of stuff on recess and okay, lunches okay. and stuff. And then, but then at 15, I was just like, oh, how do I make more money? And I remember asking a comedian, I go, how do comics make more money? And he was like, oh, there's corporate parties. And he goes, but you're, you're too young, you know? Right. And I was just like, I didn't hear the second part. It's just went over to my, <laughs> exactly. 
party, corporate party. Yeah, and I went over to my mom, Bambi. Uh, her name's not Bambi. We call her that because she's a stripper, and her mom was killed by a hunter. Hmm. So oh. I just went up to her, so and I was sad. like, yeah, I know. It's a weird, yeah. So so I just said, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a, I, don't, I, I know that I'm not killing if I go. I'm, it's a joke. Um, but I just said to her, I go, how do, com- how do uh, corporates, where do they meet up? That was yeah. a question I said. How do, where do the corporations meet up? And she goes, well, there's a chamber of commerce. So I called the chamber of commerce and I said, can I get the mailing labels for the businesses? And uh, they gave me the mailing labels. I made a flyer that said, having a corporate party, looking for entertainment, call Kyle Cease. And I sent it out to like 500 businesses. And all of a sudden at 15, I was doing Sears, Nintendo, Microsoft, you know, Lexus, making more money at 15 than any comedy and where, club. And where did you grow up? This was in Seattle. Okay, okay. So I called like the Redmond Chamber of Commerce where, you know, that was where there was a Microsoft. Yeah. And, you know, all these companies. And all I did was made a flyer, said, just call me. And then I literally, they booked me not knowing I was 15, which was still fine though. And I'd show up in a suit. With and today, I mean, at this time, like there was no videotape on you, right? You literally sent out like a postcard or like yeah, it was a, it was a piece of paper that was folded, and then you know, like I had a company that that folded it and did a thing where it put the right. label on it and stuff. So it looked really professional. So they're like, okay, cool. Like, let's, but let's I mean, it was printed off my computer still, and it's, you know, <laughs> and and that was that was when I was right. 15. So it wasn't you know, I had to pull off the the side things on the paper oh the, the printer, oh you know? wow. The, uh, the perforation yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but like it was crazy because that, you know, that's an innovative idea. But to it's me, yeah. to me, that was also that was just how I worked. And that's how kids work. Oh, I'll just how do I do that? OK, right. I'll just do it. When you're older, you start to consider things that you don't need to consider. And right. the kids knew how that they were doing better. So a kid, an adult would go, how can I? Yeah, but they won't want that. And they have to do this thing. And it's I'm, I'm too fat. I don't have the money. Right. And they, they bring all these factors in that aren't actually real factors. You've been in my they, bathroom in the middle of the night. Haven't exactly. You? Yeah. You've heard me say these things. Because they psych themselves out. Yeah. yeah. And so um, so I was doing that. And then at 18, I remember comedy clubs, you had to be 21 all of a sudden to get into them. I just started renting out high school theaters. And then uh, 19, I took a casting director's class. And the casting director... Well, I was just funny in the class. Two weeks later, they were the casting director for 10 Things I Hate About You. I ended right. up going into an audition with no agent, no headshot, anything. But I didn't know that you needed one. Right. Suddenly I, so because I was oblivious to it, I went and nailed that audition yeah. and then suddenly booked a role in 10 Things I Hate About You. Moved to L.A., bumped into a friend I shot 10 Things With. He introduces me to his friend. And I just said, oh, I, he, this friend was shooting Not Another Teen Movie. And I said, oh, can I get a can, – can you get me an audition for that? Next thing I know, with no agent again, I'm the slow clapper guy. And if you've never seen that, the guy that keeps trying to get everyone to clap. So I was Bogey Lowenstein in 10 Things. I'm the slow clapper and Not Another Teen Movie. And and then I had been doing comedy at that point at, at 20 years old. I'd been doing comedy for eight years. You know, yeah. So I started touring colleges. I did 800 colleges and uh, lived on the road. 800 is a lot. Is that like, is that, I mean, that's, that's high up on the achievement <laughs> list in terms of. There, that's, I heard that it's the most. I don't know if anyone's ever come close to it. I wonder actually, if Dane Cook would argue with you. At one point, he was the highest book, but maybe not 800. He, he was the highest price. But oh, I, is yeah, that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't touch his price, but right. he. <laughs> But, I mean, I know that I spent almost every day in my 20s doing two or three flights to get to the next gig. That's great. And, uh, you know, it was constant and it was crazy and it was fun. But, uh, you know, so when I was 20, I was in 2004, um, I ended up doing uh, 68 colleges in a row without stopping. 
And then at the end, I got pneumonia and I almost died. And then 2005, oh. I went on and I had my – basically, my mind was capable of doing my act in my sleep. So one day I just was bored and I don't I believe that if you don't keep creating your mind will creatively sabotage you. Yes. And I was just on stage one night bored just and and because I could go through my act in my sleep and I just thought to myself this thought. I thought I wonder if you think about it enough if you could make yourself faint. And that was the thought you I thought had. about it while you were on stage. Yeah. yeah. And what made it move from just a passing thought to a belief was right when I thought that I looked at my hand and I started like whiting out. And so I was like, oh, my God, I could. And then I had this other belief that you can't not think about something. So immediately on stage, out of nowhere, my mind created you. What if you think about it enough? You make yourself faint. You can't not think about something. So basically what's going to happen is you're going to keep thinking about it until you until you faint on stage right. and you'll ruin your comedy career, which is who you are. I thought who I was was the comic, right? I'm this chubby kid in high school. Right. I book ten things I hate about you. Everybody loves me. Now is this kind of like a, is this kind of like a panic or is it more like just a process that's happening? Right. Well, this now? was the start of an anxiety. This right. was the start of a massive anxiety attack. And and at the time when I had it, um, it it was. It was who I thought I was was a comedian. And so I thought, oh, my God, if I do this, I'll ruin my comedy career and I won't be worth anything. Yeah. So I started crying before I went up. I created a stage fright. And after 15 years of doing comedy, yeah. and I started crying before I went on the stage each night. And then I was horrified of going on. I just hated it. And uh, I would get a lot of love for worrying. The girl I was dating was like, baby, you're not going to faint. You're going to be great. Now I'm getting love for worrying. And I believe we live in a world where if you are depressed, everybody loves you. And if you're successful, it's a reminder to them that they're not. Right. And it's very threatening. You that's know? very true. And so that's why a lot of times we're scared to be successful because right. we have such a story and comfort of the people around us. Well, it's like us. the one, the, Mary, the Marianne Williamson quote, right? And it's like, I who love are, yeah, yeah. She's been invited to the show. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's just like, like, who are we to not embrace our our greatness right? right because there is this sort of fear like by making ourselves smaller we're doing a service to everyone else because right. we want to equalize in some way but right. really your job is to inspire when i when you know your name came up as a potential guest I, you know just started thinking about your brand and how you how you think about the world and pr- present you know, kind of these um, internal development concepts mm. through comedic means. Um, and I think about, I go back to this interview I saw with uh, William Shatner had interviewed um, uh, Drew Carey. And he's been coming up a lot today. He's, he, people uh, have mentioned him. Oh, today. see, well, yeah. there you go. He, uh, well, you know, he's, he's become very philosophical and, mm-hmm. and just very outward within and wise in a sense. But he says, you know, at the end of the day, I kind of just realized that we're all here to learn and we're all here to teach. He's like, that's the only two things we're here for. Mm. You know? I love it. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I, I agree with that a lot. And uh, it's a weird thing for a comic to go through that shift because, you know, and I haven't – I got to make sure I finish the story because yeah, so far yeah, everyone's like at that anxiety point. But I will say that, you know, I was a comic and I, I still am a comedian, but I, I took some time off after it because – the story that I was getting to that I'll, I'll get to is leads to a massive shift that I had in my life. Right. And when I had that, that became more true and real for me. And then so I started hanging in the transformation world for a while. And I started working with all these people like Eckhart Tolle and Michael Beckwith, right. and these guys. But what's funny is a lot of the people, not those guys are awesome, but like a lot of times the people in the, the world, the fans, yes. they're too serious. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. you're either this comic who's cynical and doubts anything's possible and you're furious about life because right. your job is to find what's wrong with it and make fun of it or you're this airy fairy person who stops shaving your armpits and changes your name <laughs> to Rainbow Maka Sunshine yeah. and, you know is I've been really to a Wayne Dyer event and I was like this is yeah. bizarre you know yeah 
Yeah, so like I believe that it's funny because if you could just bridge the two, right. because there's a massive truth to what these guys are saying, but you know the skeptical Nickelback fan in Dayton, Ohio, it's too far of a, it's too far off. You right. know, they're saying universe and God and words that could scare you if you're an atheist and stuff. Yep. So I realize my job is kind of to be a bridge between the two, and I'm putting together this thing that I, in the way that I'm doing it, I don't really know of it having been done. So it's a, yeah. it's that's that's very innovating for me because it's been. You know, there's two worlds. It's like, do I want to be the comic? Or everyone's always asking me, "What are you, a comic or a speaker now?" And, and I'm realizing that what I want to do hasn't been done. But what's really weird is it's paying off in all ways so much more than either world. In yeah. other words, like as a comic, you go to the improv and you're one of six or seven comics. You can maybe say what you believe, but you kind of got to tone it down. Right. The audience has maybe one talent scout in it. Or I could go to a Tony Robbins event, say exactly what I believe, be the only comedian, and the entire audience is full of the talent scouts' bosses because everyone right. in every success seminar, they own every network and everything. So you just get cards and they're like, can we just go to lunch versus that old cattle call style yeah. of you know, hoping to get a general meeting because your agent reserves something for you. <laughs> you know, so that combination um, has caused me to get a massive amount of work. But the thing is... You can't. One thing that I've figured out is you can't ask how do I do this because if you ask how do I, a lot of times you look to what you've done so far or what's been right. done, and you you block out innovation because if your mind is searching without an inventive idea, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're looking to repeat, right? You're not looking right. to create a path, and that, and that's kind of it's just something I do. I mean, I do a lot of consulting and, and things like that and I'm always looking for the uncharted territory like where's the where's that one slip in the lane that that nobody has seen as, as a path I want to do what everyone else has done but I want to do it right. differently and that's kind of what I believe innovation is yeah. you know it's kind of like nothing's a hundred percent new it's an iteration of right. something or a couple of things right, right? Uh, combined so I, I mean I love that you know that you how do Kind of backing up a little bit, how did the transformation world come to you? Right, you you're on stage, you're about to faint, and so I, I get this anxiety, and it it starts to get so bad that I actually can't hardly walk anymore at all. At all. And because uh, also you have to take into consideration that the last ten years I've been eating drive through and and living on coffee and on that the road sense. and not sleeping, so now I'm just on in this weird position where for the first time in my life, if you don't use your mind, your mind will use you, and. Right. And so it started coming up with these sabotaging thoughts. And while I was at the height of it, I booked my first Comedy Central appearance. I booked Premium Blend with three months' notice. And my manager goes, don't blow it. And I was just like, how could I blow it? <laughs> Thanks. And then I thought, oh, yeah, what if I feign on Premium Blend? So immediately that escalated to a worse anxiety. I suddenly saw myself feigning over and over. It would be the time that I finally got on Comedy Central ruined my career. And it became this massive thing. So I get down to the day of premium blend. I fly into New York. I can barely stand. I'm crazy. It's the only time in my life I took like half a Xanax. Right. I do a premium blend. I do eight minutes in about six minutes because I'm flying through the material. Because the only thing I'm thinking is don't faint. Right. I'm holding the mic stand the whole time. My feet are turned in. Like I'm just trying to stay standing because I spent three months picturing me collapsing. Yeah. So I do it and I don't faint, luckily. And then... With and you have you ever fainted? No. That's okay. the thing. <laughs> well, that's a, even to that point, it's like you say the large large percentage of the things that we worry about never happen. Right. Right. I almost. I mean, and it's fascinating to think of how much energy I put in that, and it was all yeah. wrong and for nothing. But 
at the same time, that started the transformation of everything because right after that, Comedy Central gave me my uh, first half-hour special with three months' notice. And the girl I was dating goes, oh, God, I'm going to hear him fainting on this for three months. So right. the next day after the breakup... I uh, <laughs> fast forward. <laughs> I just bought a. I actually bought. This is how I got started. I bought a Tony Robbins book, and it said, "You can't. Yeah, you can't not think about something, but you also can't think of two things at the same time." So I was just like, my mind wanted a challenge. It wanted something right. big, but I wasn't giving it a direction. So I had to go from how do I not faint to how can I have the number one Comedy Central special. So I did what I called taking my mind to the gym, where literally for three months every morning I'd wake up at six a.m jump out of bed, run around the house and picture that I had the number one Comedy Central special for an hour a day. I'd sit here and go, you got the number one Comedy Central special, you're the best comic. And I did this for an hour and then after the first 10 minutes I'd look back at the fainting and it was going away. Right. It didn't have its power. Fuck you, fainting. Yeah, it was gone. And, right. and, and so <laughs> that's how I said it. But then I was like, whoa, if that changed me that much in 10 minutes, like let's keep going. So for three months, literally every day, I pictured what I do want. I, instead of what I don't want, I pictured right. that I had the number one Comedy Central special, and my mind kept coming up with all these killer gigs that I had done and reminding me of those, and maybe it'll be yeah. like this and this. Cut to three months later, I've lost 80 pounds, got out of a bad relationship, bought a house, made a ton of money, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to have the number one Comedy Central special. So I go to New York, and I shoot this thing, you know, three ba- three balconies or whatever, eight cameras on cranes yeah. and everything. 20 seconds before the show, I'm backstage with my manager, and I go, did I ever tell you about the time I performed at the Fairhaven Bar in Bellingham? I just felt like telling him about a no-pressure gig. Yeah. And he's like, uh, no, tell me. And I was like, so I'm backstage, and I, as I'm telling him, my mind thinks it's there. It's releasing the same endorphins. And I'm like, I see the crowd, and I said, I went up and just rocked it for three hours or whatever. And then I hear him go, from New York City, Comedy Central presents Kyle Cease. And I looked at my manager, and I go, I'll tell you the rest in a minute. And I walked out, did the set. And the teleprompter had to follow me because I was in my zone so much that right. I wasn't doing the way we scripted it. So I started just going off and riffing whatever. Yeah. And the teleprompter suddenly following me. Eventually, it's a question mark and a guy like, what the hell? And, <laughs> and then uh, I did a bunch of crowd work even though I wasn't supposed to. And, and that's what I felt like in the moment. And then got a massive standing O and it was the number one Comedy Central special. That is so awesome. Yeah. And so that was the start of me going from the victim to the achiever. I believe there's two stages past this at least. Right, but the victim to the achiever, where you go, why me is the first one. The achiever is how can I? Yeah. But then the third one is what can I appreciate? How can I grow? Because that's when you when you when you raise your state. When yeah. you you're taking notice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in other words, when you want something really bad, I want to have the number one Comedy Central special. You're still saying I'm in lack without it. Right. So the second you want something, you start to picture that you don't have it. That's why we get nervous on a first date or yeah. in a job interview or something. So now I'm at a place where my job, I believe, is just to play and enjoy my life and yep. have a little direction. But at the same time, I don't want anything. And weirdly, it's now effortless and everything comes to me 10 million times faster. Well, how do you, how, but how do you instill that in the person who isn't quite there yet, right? They, they have the talent, they have the capability, they have the want. Uh, and then there's the reality of the circumstance, right? Where it's like, oh, I definitely don't want this, you know, studio apartment. And I have right. the same talent as a XYZ person, not that I'm imitating them or whatever. But, um, but there is like, I, you recognize your own potential and you're confident in that, but there's still just like the, like, right. so how do you bridge that gap versus? So one thing that I really believe in, and a lot of times the people that 
you know, like a lot of times people go, well, what if this guy's just not a good actor or what if this whatever? One of the biggest factors, I think, is are we coming from a place of constantly being in lack versus are we in a fulfilled sabbat? I believe very much this phrase from adaptation, you are what you love, not what loves you. And if you go back to your childhood state, you are what you love. You just played, you, you pretended you were a DJ or a singer. Right. If you're wanting stuff, then you are what loves you. And that stifles your creativity immediately. So. Right. The people that are in that situation that are in the apartment and stuff like that, they might want to look at the way they've been thinking and how they've been working before. Because if you go, yeah, well, I'm in this crappy place and I'm not happy and stuff like that. Well, when you went to the last audition, were you in there trying to get it or were you having being a kid in the audition? Right. Because, you know, there's a difference between how someone goes into an audition or whatever that's trying to get it. So they'll do what those people want them to do versus Jim Carrey going in, who's just playing. Right. And the only thing I believe we're supposed to work on from where I'm at now is you still have direction. That doesn't mean play. And that means just go watch TV and go get drunk. Right. I mean, sorry about that. Yeah. In fact, in fact, those (laughs) things, those things only happen. We only do those things like getting drunk and watching TV and stuff like that. If we're in our heads so much and you're only in your head, if you're not doing what you love, right. You're only in your head if you're if you're in resistance to where you are. Right. And the first thing is, is the first thing I would say is get totally cool with where you are. Stop playing yeah. the comparison game. Stop looking at other people. Finding the two people that at your age were more famous. <laughs> you know what <laughs> yes, I mean? exactly. You know, like I used to do that. Right. You're 32. Yeah. And having a killer career. Go well. Steve Martin when he was 29 was in stadium. Oh, so I'm doing terrible. Uh, kind of even back to that Drew Carey interview. Right. In the one of the things he said was when even when his show was number one. He was still looking and complaining and like right. if it were an episode like, oh, such and such had better ratings this week than he did, even though like the, for the season, the show's number one is like it, he, he it would eat him up. And that's so that's such a great example of the illusion of when something happens, I'll be happy. Right. You know, because everyone that's thinking when I could have that thing. I'll be happy. Some people literally live their whole life. They don't get it. And they actually will one day realize I was wasting my time trying to get that thing. Yeah. Because you can have that thing. But if you're in a place where you go, if I can, if I have that thing, I'll be happy. Then what will happen is when you have that thing, you won't feel that you're worthy of it because you've already discovered that thing is the cause of your happiness. Right. So literally you're going to screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> because if you're going, I want that. Let's say you want a date with Cameron Diaz, right? You're like when I get on a date with, well, you finally got it. Now you're like, oh God, how I hope I don't screw this up. Right, right. So, you put so much weight into the thing that right. you can't you you can't enjoy the thing. Right. right. <laughs> and you'll and, and and that's why the people that get so famous end up a lot of times on drugs or or becoming massively spiritual. Right. Because they're <laughs> they're they've experienced those things that they wanted, and then they go, what's next? Right. And they in fact it's more hell, because if you really want something and you get it while you want it, you're not going to be able to sustain it. So what should people want? People should want to, first of all, get okay with where they are. Because where, like, for instance, the past, this is a Byron Katie quote, but the past happened and everything that happened was supposed to happen. You know how I know? Because it did. Right. And the second, it sounds very corny and spiritual, but this is really a big deal. Because if you're in a place of lack, you're not going to be able to sustain any. A great example would be. You know, like when you see these young comedians that are, we know a lot of young comedians that, you know, they're a month in and they're going, why aren't I on Conan yet? Right. You know what I right. mean? Well, that's because it's not, you're not in alignment with it yet. And if you were on it, you'd suddenly not have the foundation under you to either, maybe you'd nail it, but if you nail it, then you're going to be asked to headline everything and you're not ready for it. So a great analogy I heard was picture a guy going surfing and 
you have to paddle the board in the momentum that the wave's going to be going first. Right. And then when you do that, the wave catches you and you're just effortlessly moving. But if you just stand there and the wave comes by, you're yeah. not able to stay on the thing. So you have to be moving in the momentum of the wave before. Exactly. So th- what that means for me is whatever is coming into my life right now is a direct mirror of my alignment with myself. Right. And whatever I can't sustain is out of my belief system about what I'm worthy of. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So like, you know, there's some people that can come into your life that you can date that it just feels normal. Yeah. Right. That's that's the alignment. Well, we talk I mean, we talk a lot about that in even in not just personal development or I mean, I guess it's an extension of personal development. But when we talk about businesses or marketing strategies or partnerships or team building, right, it is a lot of times we gravitate towards the things that we think we need in order to achieve the, you know, the end goal, as opposed to aligning with people who truly mimic your core. Right. Right. And, you know, or, oh, this guy built this company. We need to get with him. And you get in the room with that person and you don't jive, but you think that that person can help you get to where you're going. So you're shifting your core and your beliefs around, you know, again, what the, what you believe that end goal is, right. as opposed to, I need to find things that mimic, you know, the, what I believe in, and even just from a a connection perspective, right? Like, you know, I I don't have a lot of friends. I know a lot of people, and I'm very cool with a lot of people. But when it comes down to like your best friends, even in, in biblical times, they talk about Jesus in the circles, right? And right. he had he had the two disciples that were in the close to circles then in the circles just kept extending out to the the church mm-hmm. right um but so and he had an, a profound effect on obviously a lot of people right yeah um, no, no, i've heard of him yeah yeah he's, a, cool he's a cool guy yeah, yeah. he um he's sh- like got that whole like the water thing y- yes speaking yeah. of surfing yeah he he was a, he was a surfer That's without I was the, with <laughs> i'm just hoping you get there um so for the the people non-religious people don't know for sure if god and virgin mary made baby jesus and the reason they don't know is we didn't have mari povich back then <laughs> doing the paternity test right exactly which would have been an awesome episode right like mari's got virgin mary and he's like so tell me what happened and she's like well we were drunk and at a party i didn't even mean to get drunk i had water and it became wine i don't know what the f- and then god was showing me things he invented like gravity and i thought it was sexy so we hooked up and then it cuts to a split screen and God's backstage with like a tank top and tattoos just flipping off the camera like this is bullshit <laughs> okay. and they're blurring out his middle finger but he's unblurring it because he's God right there you go like yeah <laughs> knocking over garbage cans <laughs> um Sorry, guys, if you – this is a Christian show, just say. No, oh, cool. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it in front of Christian. <laughs> so, so what's next? I mean, you, you, I mean you've, you've – at this pivot point, you kind of – you get it, you know. Right. Um, how do you grow from there, A, and then B, you're on sort of this journey to instill this in others, right? You're going – you kind of had this circuit of the people who will um, – naturally engage with you as fans as an audience as peers um so what's what's next on the Kyle Cease journey so well in in actual physical things coming up I have um I have a movie coming out called Stand in My Shoes it's on uh it's on empathy it has the Dalai Lama in it Marion Williamson yeah and um I uh, have an event coming up that I'm crazy excited about that yeah. I'd love to have you at. It's February 21st through the 23rd. If you're around, you're welcome to come. I believe my schedule may be free. I'd love to have you, my friend. This is what it is. It's a three-day event, uh, and and Kelly Carlin's doing it with me, George's daughter. Oh, nice. And um, I've had many other guest comics show up, yeah. too, that are 
big household names and stuff and join us. And it's called Evolving Out Loud. And the people that are listening are welcome to go to evolvingoutloud.com. And the reason it's called that is because I think that we give our best advice to ourselves and we can do it really well when we're not aiming it at ourselves. Right. You know, so a lot of times you'll notice, have you ever given advice and you totally learned from it? Yep. Yeah. It's, that's why I believe there's like, two. Wow, I killed that one. Yeah. Well, you'll be like, good. Don't you do that. I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let me do it first. Yeah. <laughs> or you'll realize the advice wasn't even for that person because you'll be like, you should break up with her. And they'll be like, I'm single. And you're like, oh, I need to break up. Okay, I get it. But, there, but one thing that's really fascinating with that is when you do that, that means there's two us's. There's this you that's always nervous and doesn't know what to do. And then there's the other you that if someone you love is at a party and they're going through a breakup, you can sit there and talk to them for two hours and just pump content out that would have been a book. Right. Now, what causes you to be able to do that and how come we can't do it under pressure? Right. And the reason we can't do it under pressure is we're trying to get something while we're doing it. But when you really are giving to someone, you are in a different state of flow. And the weird results are massive things show up because you're giving the highest level content you can. Right. It's coming from a truly very pure place and yeah. it's you know so um the event that i do is called evolving out loud and and basically it's a three-day event and what it's basically geared to do is help people get out of the consumer-based mindset that they've been trained to be in you know yeah. the news only scares the shit out of you all day so they can run prozac commercials it's, it's brilliant yeah. and and get them into their creative mindset and it's kind of thing where people will go i'd love to go but i have a job and i go it's what you're losing by staying in the job is that you don't like, you know, right. is so much more. And one thing I always say to people that's really important is when you're letting go of something, you can always measure what you will lose. You can't measure what you will gain. So hmm. whenever you're trying to let go of someone or a crappy job, your mind just sees the loss of the day pay that you had right. in, the, in the hours, but you don't see the gain of now you've just changed your alignment. You see yourself worth more you're, and your mind is wide open to possibilities and you're free of the weight of that job. Right. So you have innovative ideas. And one of the biggest ways to me to get innovative ideas is to let go of every single thing that's truly not in alignment with you to make yeah. room for what you actually are. And the best example I think that we know, who would you say is the most innovative comedian working today? Hands down. Uh, Kyle Cease. Okay, he's, cool. he's a cool yeah. guy. I, um, <laughs> no, but uh, no. I, who's he, the biggest one? Shit, I don't. Um, well, it's only because it's fresh, right? It was the return of Bill Cosby? Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking Louis C.K. Oh yeah, no, of course, yes, yeah. yes, uh, hands but, down. Yeah, but here's here's a guy who has shown. It's not about how much can I get. It's how much can I let go of. Right. And what I mean by that is, I wa- I watched Louis since he was nineteen. Yeah. As a, you know, as a kid comic, I saw him, and at like thirty six or thirty seven. He throws out all his old material, right? Yeah. He then, three months later, because he threw out the old material and let go of the comfort of those things, he yep. had to dig deeper and write from a bigger place. Yeah. Three months later, releases a special. It's amazing. Then, like, a month later or something, maybe longer than that, but but still, very fast turnaround, releases another one that's better. Right, right. right. Then he keeps releasing these specials on a way faster turnaround. Yeah. And we're going, what is this? And they're better and better, and you'd think he'd be burning material. But then he throws out HBO. He releases HBO, he stops, yeah. he announces, I'm going to do it directly. So he throws out all these things and all of a sudden releases off of his website, $5 downloads. Yep. And you can. And so he then makes almost a million bucks in one day, gives three quarters of it to charity. So because he gave that away, they're announcing on Conan and Leno and everything, look, he yeah. just did this. The next day makes way more money. 
then he instead of needing Ticketmaster, all these things we think we need, yep. they're the actual things that are in the way. You know, he releases Ticketmaster, he, he lets go of all those things and says, I'm not even gonna go to comedy clubs or anywhere. I'm gonna rent out the theaters and charge forty five bucks directly yeah. and sells two hundred thousand tickets. And not is not it makes nine million. And then it's not a coincidence though that his material is so good and transformative and cutting edge yeah. and truth because He's just getting closer and closer to what's true for him. Very true. Yeah. Like pain. Like is he has like a it's a it's a painful truth. Right. His own personal painful truth. Right. Um, which I think that's freeing as as a viewer. Yeah. To know that a because. I can. Uh, uh, most people have the tendency to think they exist in a vacuum, right? Right. Oh, this is happening to me. Right. I. Why am I? But and there's 20 people in the same room probably that are thinking the exact same thing. It's only me. But when you hear somebody like, oh, he, like this guy's life is relatively unhappy, right? right. But he, but he's it's, he's free from it. Right, right. Because if you can get to that, because I think we all have those feelings, right? But we just can, we aren't as connected to it. I think most people, you know, the biggest freedom is to say the thing you're actually thinking in the moment. Yeah. And if a a comedian goes on stage and he's nervous, just say you're nervous. Don't don't try to think you're the who you are as your material. Yeah. Say that thing, and people go, well, you can't just be nervous on stage. And I'm like, tell that to Woody Allen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's where that's. It's so it's the, the to be the most successful. It's it's so annoying for the ego because it's the most effortless thing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's much more these people that are going to make it happen. They do a lot of cool stuff, but they don't get to have that effortless element of play because like right. they're the, those Donald Trump types that, you know, they're well, not happy and they're always achieving. Speaking of thought in the moment, one of the things that kind of occurred to me, even as we were talking about Louis C.K., I think, you know, there's a lot of learning by example, yeah. right? And you talked about this earlier where, okay, I see the path that Louis C.K. carved out for himself, mm-hmm. right? Now me as Joe Schmo, I'm going to do that. and But I've already attached myself to right. a, a, a specific outcome. That's if I do thought, that, not an insight. Exactly. I'm going to do that. And really the example is to show that there are no rules, right. not to show that this is the way. The, the way is that there are no rules. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's very, it's so important that people get, you know, so a lot of times we attach a thought to a thing. And the only thing I'm saying is that when you're, is that with Louis C.K., let you're allowed to let go of things because when you do, you don't need those things. When you finally let go of those, you have higher level ideas. You make room for better ideas right. because you're not trying to hold on to all this crap. And and it's just the process of him letting go. But one thing that's really important is we suddenly a lot of times get a mental image attached to something and then falsely associate it to that, like that what you're right. saying. So if you meditate three hours a day and you have a massive breakthrough – you might go, it's only when I meditate three hours a day. Right. But the truth is you just evolved. Yeah. And you went from third grade to fourth grade, and now you're trying to use third grade tactics again. Yeah. But you're now in fourth grade. So there's a new thing you got to do, and it's always something that's scary and different and exciting. Yeah. I believe there's two voices in us. There's a first voice that goes, that tells you an idea, that's an exciting idea, but you've never done it, so it can't tell you why. So it'll be like, we need to leave this company, or right. we need to ask that woman out or whatever. But it can't tell you why. So it's scary. So then a second voice shows up that's your thoughts, and they'll tell you why you shouldn't. So the first voice would be like, we should leave this company. And the second voice is like, yeah, but if we do, we can't go to the Cheesecake Factory party next Thursday. Right. 
the first voice is like, if you learn to listen to me, you'll <laughs> own all the cheesecake factories and you can make them all vegan. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, but it is a, there's always that internal dialogue, and I think that you know, as you probably know, even from your pneumonia bout and the things that you've gone yeah. through, is like it has a physical effect on you over time, and and even in the small decisions you make, like you said, going through the drive-through. I know, like life on the road is tough. But also, like, there are choices that we make yeah. that can, you know, f- help us um, just evolve better. Absolutely. Uh, and the one uh, one other thing I want to ask you is just about that ability to sustain, right? Um, I think when people do reach a higher plateau, is you you kind of you when you first get there, you're like, oh my god, I've never seen the view from up here. Mm-hmm. And then you're you you look, you take it all in, and then you go back downstairs, but. The vision, you know, the view is kind of gone because now you're looking at the normal day to day. Right. Um, you know, and it's, it's that when you I thought of this when you made the meditation example, because it's like, how do you stay in a higher state all day? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you sustain that over the course of time? I think we have most people have peaks and valleys or, you know, small plateaus. But how do you stay there? You know, and- well, I ended up experiencing a very very weird shift where this was a a second instance but um i had to basically release control Uh, i had to release total control of people's opinions because as i started doing positive stuff in the comedy scene i would hear through the grapevine the comics were saying stuff and i had to let positive haters yeah well it's you know we live in a world where if you do anything positive (laughs) positive positivity yeah well they they there's a given that if you say anything positive you're just in a cult Right, right, right. They'll just be like, it's so nice out. And they're like, what are you, a Scientologist? You're like, I just said it's pretty outside. I don't even know. So, but, but one thing that happened for me was I ended up with a lot of pain with this stuff. And I sat in a hotel for six days, basically, not as a runaway, but because I just wanted to experience the feeling right. and, and just allow these thoughts to come through me. And what happened was on day four, I had my mind trying to figure out ways to achieve again, mm-hmm. you know? And then I split away from it, and I just discovered all of a sudden that I wasn't my thoughts. Right. For me, what happened was I literally went to a space where I was observing the thoughts. In other words, the thoughts yeah. are this thing where we we sit on our bed at night, and then we're sitting here thinking of something that happened mm-hmm. in the past, and we're mad about it. It's very we're Eckhart safe. Tolle. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's very Eckhart Tolle, but I ended up having the same shift. Yeah. And what happened for me was the revelation that I'm not my thoughts. So what I keep slipping, when you said, how do you keep from, uh, how do you stay up there and stuff? Or how do you keep from slipping back? What what my back is, what my slip into now, my home base is the revelation that I'm not my thoughts. And it's, it sounds so corny, but it's the most freeing thing in the world because when your thoughts are coming through, that's just a thunderstorm. And I believe that you're the sky. And it, if people are thinking they're the thunderstorm, they had a lot of times meet it with another thunderstorm. Be like, oh, this I'm gonna fight right. this thought, or get addicted to something, which puts you in the moment. Yes, you know. And if you really comprehend that, when you have a thought going, oh, this isn't working, and you go, good, then you're suddenly the love that's holding these thoughts, and right. they leave. And most people are in resistance to their thoughts, so they stay. That's and, true. I, th- I mean, I th- I'll, even to that point, I think about a lot where. M- moods, right? Like if I'm in a bad mood, you know, or or I'm upset about something, and I think once you, like you said, you can't so you can't unknow something, right? right. So if I know, like, oh, 
this I think people oversimplify, but I'm going to do it anyway. Is like think positive, right? Keep monitor your thoughts. Do the, and I think the frustration comes when natural emotion slips into play, and you're like, oh, I feel bad, but I shouldn't feel bad. Now you have this struggle with yourself. Like I'm not, I'm, mm. I'm not doing this right. right. And then now you, not not only are you upset about the day, now you're upset because you're failing at, you know, maintaining this level of positivity. Where, you know, what I've learned along the way is to still observe the moment when you are feeling bad like right. and let it happen and and know that it's okay t- and it will pass like right. the thunderstorm you mentioned yeah and you and you love it you, you know you just get to a place where if you no matter what you're thinking because first of all when we go oh i'm not happy we're now saying i wish i was like earlier and yeah. you're literally addicted to a new thought of the past right right so <laughs> that it's like oh I, you've now created a new bar for yourself that you believe is where you're always supposed to be right and you're trying to get it, it's kind of like what you had to be there is you know when you say to a friend you had to be there and you're trying to retell a joke yep. but you can't because you're trying to remember it yeah. and it's not happening it happened in the moment but meanwhile there's new feelings trying to come through in this moment yeah and our job is to literally just get out of the way so these thoughts can come through and the more out of the way you are the less painful they are because you understand you're just the moment and they don't the only time you have pain is being in the past and future, which are both fictional. This is going to be an all-star episode of, of Innovation Crush. I, awesome, I, I, I know it's coming. I'm, I'm claiming it. Um, <laughs> so as we do with with the majority of our guests, actually, uh, I'm going to say 100% of them, um, I'm going to ask you to finish a phrase for me. Okay. And uh, uh, and before, just in case you accidentally sign off before. I, I, I will not I accidentally sign off. <laughs> finish selling that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So. Um, innovation to me is? Effortless. Expand. Oh, I didn't know if it needed. No, no, it's fine. That, 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 that's great. Innovation to me, innovation to me comes from letting go. Information from me comes from allowing. Information from me, innovation for me is not uh, forced. Right. Innovation. You know, the greatest ideas we have in innovation are. Do I need to have it from that sentence? <laughs> no, it's, it's a thought starter, right? Like well, innovation know, the, to me is because the amazing thing is it. Depending on your perspective yeah. on things and what you're in on a day to day and like where your mind is, it means a lot to. I mean, it means different things to different people. So, innovation shows up. You know when you you know when you get innovation is when you finally let go of your phone. Is one of the best places. Yeah. In other words, the shower and the airplane are where almost all ideas yep. show up. And when you're at a party with your friends, you notice you got the greatest jokes coming through or the greatest ideas, mm-hmm. or suddenly you have. And it, and it comes from no trying. It comes from playing. It right. really does. The greatest stuff you'll ever say, the funniest moments ever, are when you stop trying and you allow. Yeah. And so the best, the greatest example I have, unless you had more questions. No, no. I, we, we keep, I mean, I'm, I'm having a great time. Awesome. So. <laughs> Me too. It's fun to talk to you. You're, yeah. you're a great host. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I, so a, couple, a year and a half ago, I, I did an event in Vegas. And... Oh, we're out of time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a year and ago, a year and a half ago, I had an event in Vegas, and I was like, "Okay, how do I fill this?" And so I was like, "Well, you could write a thousand people, and maybe 150 of them will come, you know." And then I just decided to meditate instead, and I meditated with no intention of even filling that. I just was like, "Just like oh," and in three minutes, all these thoughts were coming up about. At the time, Obama and Romney were running against each other, and everybody was hating the other side so much and everything. Right. And I thought to myself, the only reason these people at all 
give a shit about who wins this is because they don't understand that they can lead themselves. Yeah. They don't understand that when you say the economy is bad, that is not real. Like, in other words, like the economy yeah. is bad, but you have the ability to create your own company. Plenty you of people have, were successful during the right. economy tanking. It's the easiest time because all your competition thinks the economy is bad and they're sitting on the couch. <laughs> exactly. And so, but the reason when they're going, well, we need more jobs, we need more jobs, that only is a factor to people that don't understand they can create their own worlds. And so I thought to myself, I need to talk about that. So I went into right. the other room where my buddy was who had a, a video camera and I said, set this up. And I just went onto a rant for six minutes about this, about this thing. Yeah. And then he cut it down to five. And while he was editing it, I said, oh, just mention that I'm having my event. And he mentioned it on the edit, right? So this was a very <laughs> sincere thing. And at the very end, it said Kyle Cease is doing his event. Now, I was going to write people for, you know, 80 hours, right? And now all of a sudden, I just set, made this video. And then the video made like 20,000 views or something. And then we sold the tickets all that day. Wow. But it was an innovative idea. And right. then, you know, last year I did a spoof of P90X. I made P1DX Sanity, the first one-day workout, and it's 24 <laughs> hours and one disc an hour. And they're these violent, ridiculous. So check out P1DX Sanity. P1DX. Got yeah. It. So, but I, but that video, at the, it was a very regular comedy video. And then at the very end of the video, it said, uh, there's always going to be a million methods to get there, but none of them matter until you learn to let go of your old past, show up, and actually commit. Learn to do that. Kyle sees his event. So then Beachbody and P90X were reposting it because they liked it so much. And what happened was I sold tickets to the last event. And right. it was just a one-minute fun idea. Yeah. And everything I've ever done that was actually really amazing and profitable or life-changing or, or something that really was awesome wasn't fun in the in the moment idea yeah. and innovation happens when you're not trying because if you're trying you're saying how can i and you're in the past and future and you're not making room for the current ideas that's awesome so i love innovation so um walk me through this uh three-day extravaganza so of me grow well, me growing as an individual i can tell you that <laughs> that one of the things that is so exciting about this and this is such an innovative idea that you'll like I got my pen out. Awesome. Well, there's a. I was on my way to an audition four years ago, and I was in my head about it because I had had a slump of bad auditions at the time before I knew a lot of this stuff. And I looked at my buddy, and I decided to talk about the audition coming up as if it already happened. So I said to him on the way to the audition, I said, dude, do you remember when I went in there and rocked it? I was so funny. And I said I was so good. And I just kept allowing myself to flow in yeah. the creative space of all the amazing things that happened in the audition. And as I kept doing it, my mind... Because the vision was past tense, you know, we always hear to envision something. Right. But it's hard because you're envisioning something in the future. But if you make something past tense, your mind goes, well, that's past, so it's fact. Yeah. So I'm sitting here telling my buddy how I nailed the audition on the way into it. So I'm just like, dude, I was so funny. I was so awesome. And when I went to the audition, my mind had just done it. So I just nailed it. Right. And then right after that, we did that for everything on the way home. We're like, do you remember we went home and worked out and we called that girl finally and we did this stuff? Yeah. And the next day I would wake up and talk about the day coming up as if it was yesterday. So I would be like, man, I had the greatest day. You know, like if we talked about this podcast, like it was a month ago. Yes. Right. Yeah. Dude, you remember when I did that show with you? And now <laughs> since then, man, we've made like a hundred grand and we're like helping people and everything. Your show's got I like do remember that. more listeners now. <laughs> And then if you do that, your mind starts going, it's like Google. It goes, how do we get there? Yeah. Right? So if I said like, dude, you got 200,000 more listeners. You're, you're so big. You know, one of the ways you did it was you got Marianne Williamson. Yeah. How'd you get her? 
Try it. Yeah. Oh, how'd you? Well, yes. How'd you get her? <laughs> oh, I, I kept calling, and then finally the lady picked up, and I, she was like, "I heard of the show." Did you Did you talk to Wendy Zoller? Because she's a good friend of mine, and she's. I did talk to Wendy and uh, Leanna, the awesome. other girl who works in the office, and like they had already heard of the show, and I'm like, "Well, great!" And awesome. I told we started talking about the book, and I told her about, I'd seen her CNN thing, and we yeah. just had like a, a, a little bit of a love fest. Awesome. And then, dude, you got more. You got more guests because I I started connecting you with other oh, yeah. creative speakers. That was awesome. That you knew. And plus, you I went know. to your event, and then yeah. it was just like I kept meeting people, and we were people were asking how we met, and yeah. it was just like, oh, I got the show, and and it just kept compounding. So you've done this now for twenty seconds, right? Yes. Now imagine if you do that an hour a day. It's nuts. <laughs> it's fun too. That's it's, the, yeah. That's, that's the other thing. It's really it's play. Like it's kind of it like is. you said. It's it's play, and it is you know it it is kind of like letting go, even for that twenty seconds. Well, and your mind had no room for the consumer based, fear based thoughts because it was busy with the creating. It was right. innovative. Right. Right. And so when you do that, you allow your mind is like Google. It wants to figure out the quickest way there. That's why yep. when people have a bad day, they want to complain so they can hear all the reasons why it yes. sucks. But if you go, here's how I got there. I did it. Your mind will go in this and this and this. Yeah. And as you keep going. So what my event is, one of the things that happens is days two and three, we do it almost all day. And that sounds crazy, but yeah. I'm not kidding. One girl, I swear to God, you're not going to believe this. She came to my last event. She came in July. She had muscular dystrophy. She's been in a wheelchair since 2005. Her doctor said she'd never walk again. Right. She did this exercise. And why this exercise is so amazing is you're in the outcome. You're not overcoming a problem. You're already done. Right. So when you do that, you feel it having been done and you accept that it's totally doable. Yeah. It's not a thing to get to. And so she saw herself walking and had the shift where she was like, I, I didn't care what the doctor said. And I got really, really. Three months later, she comes in and sees me at the Irvine Improv on crutches. And now she's she's almost done. She's she's doing this. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. And it sounds corny, and I, I get scared I to even say this. Yeah, no. And you'll see her at the next event. Her name's Heather Byrne. Okay. And she's documenting her success, and she's like, I will be walking. And I just, I know she she's pretty much. She, I That's watch a good name crutches. for the documentary. Yeah. I will be walking. And and this this exercise is one of many different things we do at the event, but. It is so innovative because if you are immersed, here's the thing. If you go to this event, most people, the reason they aren't doing stuff is because we're like animals in cages that would get out, but they keep throwing candy in the cage. Mm-hmm. There's Facebook and, and <laughs> yeah. girls and there's there's CNN and trials and all yes. this stuff. So if an animal has got Butterfinger all over in the cage, it's not going to want to get out. Right. And the event is three days of seeing what life is like outside of the cage, hmm. being with other innovative people, being with people where you have permission to create, where people aren't going to tell you, don't do that. It's stupid. Where they'll say that more about not doing it. Right. And when you hear that, you have massive permission. So if the people want to come, this event, it's $399 for three days. But if the people want to come from your show, they can yeah. come for one ninety nine. And awesome. if, if they if they really are interested and they really have a passion, I as you can tell, I can't stop talking about this. So, <laughs> I love it though. That's awesome. You're making well, my job easier. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I just put the headphones down and walk out, and you just keep keep going. <laughs> well, if they if they're interested in, in coming, uh, they can write me, and this is my actual email: Kyle Cease Contact K Y L E C E A S E Contact C O N T A C T at gmail and the if for a certain amount of the really interested one of the things i'm doing is i go to this raw vegan restaurant every day called sun cafe Hmm, okay and i meet a different amazing person each day 
Is that deliberate? I mean, the, the meeting of people, or is it coincidental? It keeps me, it keep. no, I mean, I, I, I schedule each day with a different event, okay, just great. for my life. Right. And what it does is it gets me off of Facebook and out of that world, and then I end up with idea after idea. Now, I've just done this for three weeks, Yeah. and I've gotten so much work out of it, more movie roles and offered a book deal, all kinds of stuff, <laughs> because I just show up, because when you do a one-on-one with someone, yes. They will sit there and go, well, I want to have you at my other event, and I want to have you at this. I'm, I'm performing tomorrow with Bob Proctor from The Secret at his event. Wow. 550 sold-out people. and But that showed up because I talked to someone else, and they go, oh, dude, you got to talk to Bob Proctor. Yeah. And so it's our, that's why I believe our job is more instead of going, how do I, which is you figuring it out from a limited perspective of yourself. Right. Show up and stay in the room. Yeah. You know, this podcast was just lobbing a volleyball back and forth yeah. and, and idea after idea shows up. So if the people want to come, it's only $199 for them. That's great. And and I'll take them to lunch at Sun Cafe. I'd love to meet them. Oh, hell yeah. Their life okay. Too. You guys heard it here. Um, and I will be socializing this via the the tweeting machines and all that good yeah. stuff. That's and really great. Please, yeah, and you're well, and we should get lunch too at Sun Cafe. I'll, yeah, I, I love lunch anywhere you want. But Sun Cafe, I love because their their food is just all organic and awesome, and they're really good people. I was, I was thinking KFC. Yeah, yeah, or KFC, either one. They're yeah. the same thing. Or we yeah, could go yeah. to a Gallagher concert and just go to their mouths. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, I think I just got a bone. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So are you vegan? Is, it, is, that, is that your thing? Or are you just I'm, kind of, I'm pretty much raw vegan. You got the kombucha vegan. here. You, you, I do. I got it from Sun, actually. Oh, but I'm, I'm pretty much raw vegan. I mean, I'm not like strict where I, you know, if I'm on the road and it's the only thing there, I'm not, I'm, I'm not anal about everything, but I do. I'm very anal. Are you? Yes. Just you. Just period. Awesome. <laughs> just, just, just Are you anal. vegan? Just no. Yeah. No. I uh, I kind of like I I kind of go through ups and I go through periods, right? I go through periods where I'm like, but I, but it's, it's also part of me letting go, right? I kind of yeah. go with how I feel at the moment. I even right. dress that way. Like sometimes I'll you know you'll catch me in a bow tie and a vest, and the other time you might catch me in a hoodie and a you know a new era hat. Like it's it, it's kind of like. Whatever I feel that day, when I get up, I'm like, hmm, you know. And, That's cool. Yeah, and it's the same thing. So like, some, and I, I also have an eight year old daughter. So oh, awesome. when it comes, even when it comes to food, I'm, you know, I'm really careful that I don't overemphasize healthy eating because I, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the pressure that women have now and it leads to so many other issues you know you look at like we, we've had people on who've worked on like the dove campaigns right, right. and um, the whole idea of beauty is whatever is how you feel more so than how you look although there are some hot chicks out there right um, but no it's, it's kind of like it, we like I bought a box of Oreos and I hadn't bought Oreos in years mm-hmm. and I even told my wife I said uh, put these away and then the next morning my daughter gets up and she's like she comes in my room and goes can I have a couple of those Oreos I'm like you didn't put the Oreos away <laughs> but it's just kind of like sure like uh, there was no pressure right. on it either way you know so um, so no I'm not a I'm not a distinct raw vegan although I will there. say I did at one point go 90 days raw vegan I just want to yes. know what it'd be like so I and you faint it no it was <laughs> boy it was the opposite I, I, I needed three hours of sleep a night I started feeling so good and the weirdest thing that happened happened was I realized I could change my habits because I got about a month in and suddenly all that other food sounded disgusting because I was I hadn't had yeah. a bite of it. Yep. And then I started identifying everything that felt heavy like the cooked food did. So I started noticing Facebook was like that. So I was like no Facebook for a while and all yeah. this stuff. But then like my whole career changed. I mean my whole life changed from that. I started noticing, wow, I think I'm worth more than even headlining a comedy club on the road right now. And so I announced into a camera we're documenting it. 
I said I'm done eating. I said I'm done going on the road uh, and just doing random comedy clubs. I think I'm something bigger than that. And the craziest thing happened. Once I let go of that, my mind was like, so what do I do? And I came up with this idea where I'd combine comedy and transformation at colleges, doing the lecture circuits. So I made a th- like a ton of videos, like yeah. hundreds of videos for the bookers of all the different colleges. I literally looked in the camera. I was like, this is for Diane Johnson at North Idaho University. This is for Stephanie, blah, blah, blah. And I booked like 100 colleges. <laughs> That's at, awesome. At 10 times the price. But I was doing what I loved. It would go do one gig right. and, and make it versus doing a week at a club and lowering the vibration, being around drunk people. And yeah. you know what I mean? And it was weird because once I let go of it, my mind had the freedom to come up with that innovative yeah. idea. And I love it. Paid way more and was doing what I love, you know. And yeah, I'm just gonna follow, I'm just follow you around and just you know. You know. <laughs> well, you know, who's that guy? Who's that, who's that large black man behind you? Oh, I would did this shit. It's my bouncer. He's <laughs> <laughs> a bouncer to me. Exactly. You just card women. Like, <laughs> right? You can't get in here with those shoes on. Yeah. What? I'm, what do you mean for me. in here? <laughs> There's a guy standing there. <laughs> right. Um, well, anything else you want to throw out there? Um, Twitter I, handles. Well, how, yeah, do, how do people? Yeah. We got your email address. What's your cell phone? Please, please add me on Twitter, uh, Kyle Cease. Please. Follow Follow me on Facebook. Uh, come to this event. And, and check out evolvingoutloud.com if you're not in L.A. or you don't feel like getting on a plane. It's, I'm telling you, it's worth it. But but if you want, just go to evolvingoutloud.com because the last one there is a video series from. But um, I literally, last one, I spoke 20 hours. And the way I did it was by not ch- practicing, by not trying right. to have a bullet point. you know. And it just came through me. Well, you see, I have no notes for this conversation. Yeah, that's how it should be. Right? <laughs> so. It's weird. You'll go to an event and you'll see a, a guy say to the audience, like, you know, you have that power. And then I'll watch them fucking write it down. <laughs> and I'm like, right, right. like, what are you, you going to review that? <laughs> Embody it, dude. Don't right. like intellectually yeah. take that fact in and then review it. Me, uh, I have. Like, there was some commercial on it. It was like, my dad always told me I'd be a horrible motivational speaker. You know, he was right. <laughs> it was like, it was some sort of weird juxtaposition like that. That's awesome. But anyway, man, I want to thank you for uh, you. being here. And like, I think this is definitely, more, uh, this will this will skyrocket. This is going to be a good episode. Awesome. Um, well, I appreciate, appreciate you having me. Yeah, no worries. No yeah. worries. Anytime. Uh, everyone, that's, that was Kyle Cease. Uh, he's awesome. And uh, this has been another great episode of Innovation Crush. We thank you for listening and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Slicing I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. 
Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.